Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Yeelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 19th episode and our first episode in 2019. Kind of crazy that it's episode 19, first episode of 2019. I just kind of realized that. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, thank you guys You know, for a great start to 2018, great start to the podcast. Um, we released 18 episodes and we didn't miss a single week until until last week yeah until last week when this dude went to florida yeah that's my bad <laughs> uh yeah so we you know we took a we took a week off hope everybody had a happy holidays but thank you guys all for the support um let us know down below in the comments if you've listened to every episode so far hopefully we'll drop a like give you give you a little shout out thank you i don't know um but yeah just thank you guys for the support um keep liking subscribing telling your friends and we're gonna get better too help us help us make 2019 a big year right keep the support up we're gonna try to keep uploading every single week yeah we're only going up yeah we're only gonna improve every day yeah so thank you guys for a great start we're gonna keep working hard um and and climb climb up the climb up the rankings just just get better just get better better. we're gonna improve that thing yeah we got some stuff planned we'll We'll let you know in, like, the next couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Anyways, for this episode, we're basically just going to be reviewing things from the past, like, 12 days since our last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we just have a bunch of different news things. First of all, I just want to talk. We haven't really talked about this. Christmas Day games. First of all, Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics. That was, in a, that was a phenomenal game. I watched. I, I, got so, I got so hyped with my family. And uh, the Boston Celtics were able to pull it out, which is, like, I feel like the Sixers should be able to close. But what I really wanted to talk about was Lakers-Warriors on Christmas Day. Lakers won 127-101. to 101. With LeBron injured for what, large chunk of the second half? or maybe no, all? I, I think it was like the fourth quarter, honestly. All right. My bad. You know, it was 12 days ago or whatever. All right. But, I mean, let's talk about— Oh, he, he only played 21 minutes. My bad. Yeah. But so, so let's let's talk about what this, what this loss means— Maybe I think that even just beyond this game, the Warriors as of late have been looking a lot more human, a lot more beatable than maybe we thought they would be going into the season. Do you know this is th- this season the Warriors have lo- have two different stretches of losing three in a row, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they've lost three in a row. I think before this season they've lost three in a three in a row once in the Steve Kerr era. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, that, that's pretty telling. Like this yeah. is this has been quite an irregular stretch of losses that you know, and it's been a rough start. I think you know they've been they've been going through some ups and downs, which is natural for most NBA teams. But this is not most NBA teams. This is you know the NBA. Team. Yeah, this is maybe the greatest team of all time. It's all or so NBA or so we thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, so let's talk about what this blowout really means and how much how much should how much should we be looking at this as like, huh, maybe the Warriors aren't a lock for the championship? Like, Does it really affect that? Well, I think everyone on the Lakers, I mean, kind of except for LeBron because he only played 21 minutes, had a good game. You have guys like Rondo having 15 and 10. You had Zubac come in. Stepping up. Yeah, man. He, he had 18 and 11, and he just felt like... He felt like a pro. He felt like a lock starter for yeah. that game. Thirty-one so, minutes too. Yeah, and and in the past, like the three games after that, he was kind of killing it as well. I think he's cooled mm. down a little bit. But him, Tyson Chandler played decent. I think actually, no, never mind. He but, he did not play well. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think like Zubox, like 
kind of been barely cracking the rotation. And all of a sudden, he steps into this game, scores thirty one or gets thirty one minutes, scores eighteen points, eleven rebounds. Like that's a that's a big like you had a lot of guys in this game who we haven't really seen be as big of contributors as we would have liked. Really, just step up and make a big difference with LeBron out, which is. What we're gonna need to see going forward, because LeBron can only take you so far, yeah. just because he's one player. I think it was an all-around great performance in the Warriors. You had guys like Josh Hart with an with an efficient twelve points, uh, mm. Lance Stevenson with an efficient eleven. You had Brandon Ingram fourteen, Kyle Kuzma nineteen, LeBron seventeen, Zubac eighteen. Just like everyone kind of contributed. No one really had a horrible game that played big minutes, except I mean Tyson Chandler didn't play the best, and Lonzo Ball didn't really play the best. Other than that, it's a very well-rounded yeah. effort. Plus, they put up 127 points, and they held the Warriors to 101, which, I mean, doesn't sound like a little amount of points, but in today's NBA, I mean, kind of. Yeah. You mean, know? The, Warrior, the Warriors are definitely probably averaging something like 115 on the season, maybe more. Um, so, so, I mean, that's that's impressive. And just the fact that that to, to, to win by 26 against the Golden State Warriors is impressive. To do it without, you know, do it with... LeBron going out, not only because, you know, they just didn't have him and they managed to not only maintain but extend the lead, but, like, that's also, like, a blow to your morale. If you're, you know, if you're, if you see your star, you know, having to limp off the court, like, that's, that's going to hurt your, probably, your level of intensity. You might, you might be distracted during the game. And you would think that you could be like, okay, can the Lakers play without LeBron James? We've seen the answer is no. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this game it looked like yes. Yeah, this since game it looked, it like, looked yes, like no. But yeah, in the since then the, he got injured. They were one and four in their last five games. Mm-hmm. This was like a spark. But I, I don't. Uh, obviously, if you're gonna lose the best player in the world, who's your only superstar, only real star on your team, you're not gonna be that good anymore. Yeah. However, we've seen like like really good teams. Teams like obviously the Warriors. Rockets with like Chris Paul going out. Um, you could the Celtics are two and zero without Kyrie Irving. I think 76ers could do it. I think even the Pacers had a little bit of of a winning stretch without Victor Oladipo. Some teams like you gotta kind of be able to carry it if mm. if you want to be like a top three four team in the West. Yeah. And you can't be out here losing to the Knicks by seven. Exactly. I was gonna, I was just about to say. The fact that this that this team was a team that you know that you would expect with LeBron to be to be you know in in play, serious playoff contention that maybe even is a championship contender, but without LeBron they're losing to the Knicks without Kristaps. That's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it, we are not good. The right, New York Knicks are not good about it's one right game. Now. It's one game, but of course. still, but like that's it just shouldn't be happening. Um. Also, I, I wanted to bring this up. I'm biased towards Stephen Curry, but it's like. I gotta bring it up. It's kind of disappointing that he's like this is like the third Christmas game in a row, he, where he's like kind of underperformed. He I don't think yeah. he he hasn't dropped over twenty in a Christmas game, really ever. I remember I don't know Which if it was annoying. I think it was yeah two years ago. Um, I remember Kyrie hitting this like yeah nice fadeaway yeah. against Clay against Clay. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I just remember that. Yeah, that, I remember I remember like watching that game. And being that's like, a moment. Wow. Yeah, and that and that moment. That, along with, obviously, his big shot in the 2016 finals, sort of solidified in my mind, like, yeah, Kyrie's the most clutch player in the NBA. Oh, can, can we talk about this? LeBron said that by hitting the—or sh- by by coming back 
down from 3-1 in the 2016 finals made him the greatest player of all time in his eyes. Yeah. This is kind of weird. I don't remember off the top of my head MJ flat out saying that he was the GOAT. No, he he, ha- he I don't think he ever did. Yeah. And I watched an, he said in an interview that like he almost cringes when people call him that because you'll never know who the GOAT is because he's never played against Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. He's he said he's the players he said were Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West. But but what's you know, what's I think that the point there he's trying to make is LeBron and MJ never went head to head. They never played at the same time. They never played against the same people. So we don't really know yeah. which one's better. You know, it's like Okay, I'm I'm not trying to start the GOAT conversation right now. I'm yeah. I'm kinda I wanna focus on it's is weird it, that yeah. he said this. It's not that surprising that he said that it's because a, he seemed, it's kind of very LeBron-y of him because yeah. LeBron's always he's like an amazing leader. He's he's like this really mature dude, role model, everything. Him and Steph Curry stand out to me as like like the perfect role model the ideal. Faces of the NBA. Yeah, I know, but just like yeah. like very admirable guys. Mm-hmm. Or he always has this side of him where like whether it's kind of like edging out his coach or he's just either a little stubborn or a little mean. bit of an ego where he just edges out his coach or like the way he went to Miami with the the decision yeah. on national TV or with this he he just he has to say it which is a little annoying mm. and he, re- he he received criticism for it i remember like by three or four big names like it's like oh mj never said he was the go why do you have to say it yeah. just let let others say it for you i think kareem said uh, danny ainge said he's trying to go with the donald trump approach like just selling himself yeah all the way i i think i i don't know i think the criticism is a little bit harsh but i understand where they're coming from let your game speak for yourself, right? It, LeBron doesn't have to say he's the goat. Whether he believes it or not is a different story. That is the right mindset to have. I think that you're the that you're the greatest player of all time, and that every night you're trying to go out and prove that. But the fact that you have to go out and and say that to the world, I don't know. It seems a little bit like almost like insecurity. I I, yeah. I don't know if it's if it's just him being cocky and like him having to like show off a little bit or if him being like insecure and feeling like he has to say that. But like I think I think you can relate it to Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like responding on social media and stuff. The burner accounts. Yeah. Yeah, the burner accounts. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I don't know what it is. I think that while maybe that's true and it, it, and you could argue that LeBron's a goat, you can argue that MJ's a goat. You can argue that somebody else like Kareem is the goat. It doesn't really matter. But like, I don't. I don't think LeBron just should have said that or needs to say that. I, yeah, I don't know. he should have just left it alone. Honestly, I, like. I may agree with him. We're, we're not here to have that yeah. debate. But I just want to like that 2016 NBA Finals. That could be the best finals I ever see in my life. That's true. That's true. But but I, I also think like, um, shouldn't he let himself retire first? Like, yeah, isn't it <laughs> like you shouldn't shouldn't he complete his resume before he goes out and says the go- he's the goat? That's that's my main problem with it. Is like let let yourself like, be done before yeah. you're going out and like, making that claim. Like go out and yeah. win another go ring. Go you go in <laughs> another ring, then be like, okay, now I'm definitely the goat, right? Yeah. Like like do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Do you want to move on to a different? Yeah. Next thing. Okay, can I ask where were you when the Cavs came back from three one? Honestly, I don't know if I re- if I if I remember like a specific really? spot. Oh. I remember. I remember my specific spot. <laughs> I might have. I might have just like my my mom might have just been like, "Go to sleep, Connor. Like, turn off the game." So like, I I don't remember. That's like, tough. I don't remember like really leading up to. The, leading up to that moment. I mean, I assume. I remember. I remember all the talk about it, right? And I remember that like, 
it being 3-1, like, all right, the series yeah. is over. And then one by one, it being like, yeah. like okay, he's back in it. There's yeah. a chance here. Mm-hmm. Like, like one, like and it was like a joke. Like, when he came back, from, when it was 3-2, all of a sudden, everybody's, like, joking. Like, what if he came back? And all of a sudden, it's, like, 3-3. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. It could actually happen. Yeah. And then, then he won. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't remember a specific place, but I remember sort of that happening. Can I tell you where I was? Yeah. Okay. Um... I, like this is like gonna, gonna be like one of those things where I like never forget, Mira. It's like yeah, like when I look back and I tell my kids like about LeBron James. That's what you remember. Yeah, they like yeah. if I was LeBron James, I would be talking about this. That that's mm. that's what I really wanted to focus with this. Like I would be I would be talking about this. But yeah, I was at I was at this basketball camp in the middle of summer, and they let us out early. So you to, watch yeah, it. like it, it's like this this sleepaway camp in Pennsylvania. And they let us out early from this. Like this is like an intense basketball camp. Like they don't do anything. Like they didn't let us out for the other games. Mm-hmm. They, like for game seven, they let us. They let us out early. And then there was like eighty of us crowded in like a room that was like twice the size of this. Like not uh. big, not big at all. And bro, he like everyone was rooting for the Cavs because like at that time the world yeah. except for kind of me hated the Warriors. And yeah, you just had like LeBron and with the chase on block and when and when Kyrie hit that shot bro it was crazy <laughs> it's like dude the, it, the it place, was yeah. like it was everyone in there was shoulder to shoulder there was no room yeah. and everyone was just going crazy so like yeah that'll just be something i, I never forget <laughs> all right let's move on yeah all right so let's talk about i think john wall being out for the remainder of the season this is notable news because john wall is one of the best point guards in the league he's a superstar you would you call John Wall a superstar? I think so. I don't know, depends on your definition, right. but I, I I don't I don't think he's a I don't think he's a top ten player. No. Not top ten. Maybe not top fifteen. But Okay. He's he's an above average <laughs> all star usually. Yeah. Alright. But he's out for the remainder of the season, which most of the time is like a huge headline. This season though, like with all the trade talks and like he hasn't been that there, good. Yeah, I mean, like it's been, it's been, it's been kind of funky. Yeah, like just because he's been out of shape, and just the Wizards have been losing a lot, so I yeah. feel like people don't care as much. And obviously, like there's, there's effects that this makes. Like it's gonna be very hard to trade John Wall as if it wasn't already. Like <laughs> it's gonna be very hard yeah. to trade now now that he's injured. That's facts. Right, he's gonna he's gonna walk into the season probably even more out of shape because he's not gonna yeah. have the whole season to get back in shape. You can't tr- you can't trade a player when he's injured, right? I don't know. I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't know if that's a 2K thing or a real-life thing, too. That's facts. I don't know. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like, they traded Isaiah Thomas Yeah. when he was injured. Yeah. So Was that during? Yeah, yeah. That was during the offseason, but yeah, still, he, saying, he was yeah. still injured. And look look what that happened. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they would want to. Yeah, so yeah, so it's going to make him it's gonna make him hard to trade. But I think, I think sort of there's a question now of, like, what do they do for the rest of the season? Because I don't know what the record is, but it's, like, they're Bad. they're like well below five hundred. Yeah, yeah like it's up. it would be they'd have to go on a big run to make the playoffs. And with their current roster, I just don't really see that happening. They're like fifteen and twenty four. Yeah, that that's like that that would be very hard to climb back in the playoffs. Even in the East, it's going to be very hard for them to get back in the playoff race that with that that, that current record. However, it could be time to uh, bump up Otto Porter's trade stock. Imagine if all yeah. of a sudden he he can just be this guy who can dribble the ball. Yeah, I mean, and with you're gonna have you're gonna be Bradley Beal is gonna be the without without question first option, right? There's not gonna be any kind of tension of like who's gonna shoot more, John Wall or Bradley Beal. 
raise Bradley Beal's trade stock. <laughs> yeah. And so so what I'm saying is like Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, and like Thomas Adoransky is going to be getting big minutes. There are going to be a lot of guys who are going to have to step up on this team. And it's going to be interesting to see sort of like the dynamic there. Even though I think they're not going to tank, I think they're going to try to make the playoffs, especially because they made the trade for Troy Fariza, and I think they're going to fail miserably and just not make it. So, <laughs> should they tank? Maybe. That trade is but looking like, so much worse to me right now. I didn't, I just didn't, I don't know, I, I really not, I'm not sure I understood it even at the time, though. I'm not really sure what I said back, you know, at a three listen, but like, I'm not really sure why you'd give up Trevor Reza and Kelly Oubre are like, pretty comparable in the Go way they're playing right now. watch episode 17, by the way. Yeah, it's episode 17. Um, I'm, I'm, they're pr- probably pretty comparable in the way they play right now, except, like, Kelly Oubre is a whole lot younger. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm not really sure honestly, why. The justification, and I think why, how no casual NBA fan and, like, even just, like, real, like hard NBA fans, like, they might not process it because it's all, like, hypothetical and you can't really kind of... Mm-hmm equate it to something but kelly Ubre, they didn't want to pay him yeah that's just that's a fact they didn't want to pay him and they couldn't pay him Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to let him walk yeah because i'm i promise you the nets or the kings or Or someone was gonna offer someone who needs talent offer him big money yeah it's gonna or the suns yeah is gonna offer him 15 million dollars a year Mm-hmm. something like that maybe yeah. a little bit less and the wizards don't have that money with Otto porter john wall and bradley beal each getting 25 million dollars a year at least yeah. yeah i think i think uh the smart thing to do would now be to flip trevor Reese as soon as you can like at, before the trade deadline, before the just, trade just, deadline. Get, just get him off the roster right because he's <laughs> gonna have he's gonna have some kind of value to a team that's probably contending maybe you trade him back to the rockets even or he's gonna have some kind of I'd value love to see that that needs some kind of team that needs a 3 and D guy would be willing to trade him and will trade for him like you know even just for like a pick or something but if they if they wait until the summer there's no way Trevor Reese is going to resign in in Washington mm-hmm. also another dude I want to see step up Thomas Sadoransky he's like yeah. one of the most efficient low usage low usage players in the league mm-hmm. I think yeah he's just he's so inefficient him he reminds me of guys like Monty Morris and like Shelvin Mack who are like very quietly having very valuable seasons, mm-hmm. not off the charts, just valuable yeah. for any team. Yeah, I, I want to see him kind of like he he's only been the, like significant and relevant for like two years now, but he's already like twenty six or something because he spent a lot of years in Europe. Mm. I, I, I like him. I don't know. He, he's a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's all I really got to say about the Wizards. Yeah. All right. The Houston Rockets. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Harden's hot streak. James Harden has turned into like Kobe Bryant <laughs> that stretch where Kobe Bryant just averaged like just had like five fifty point games in the month of January or something. I forget. Yeah. All right. So in case you've been living under a rock, in the last twelve games, James Harden is averaging forty point one points, nine point oh assists, and six point six rebounds. Houston is eleven and one during that span. And he joined Kobe and Jordan as the only players over the past 30 seasons to have scored at least 400 points over a span of 10 games. MVP. I called in the beginning of the season, and I kind of regret that we're gonna we're gonna pretend like I didn't take it back. Yeah, you did. You did kind of take it back. You're kind of down yourself, but like justified in that, like because the Rockets started off slow. The Rockets started off slow, but like they've stepped it up. They have. Like Harden has played them back into playoff contention without chris paul without chris paul and he's played himself back into the mvp race he said 
He's gonna win back to back MVPs. He's like already gone out and claimed that. And I've if been he, saying it, and you see, I've been saying it. when he went out and cl- and said that, like Bleacher Report post or whatever, freezing cold takes commented like, "I'm ser- I'm storing this in my vault." Freezing cold takes have to might have to post his own bro. Have to post his own. Oh, I forgot. I had to own comment. Those. Yeah, his own comment. He's done <laughs> that. Hard... He, he's done that twice before, and like, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't have the humility to post myself on it. Yeah, freezing cold takes is like Instagram people. page. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it's hilarious. Page, yeah, um, but yeah, so so he's playing his way back in the MVP race. I saw um, on NBA.com, I forget who it was. Someone wrote an article about like t- the current MVP ladder, and they had because of this streak, they had Harden jumping all the way up to number one over Giannis. To me, I'm not sure that I can, I'm ready to say like, okay, yeah, he's he's over Giannis just because. I doubt that Harden's going to keep averaging 40 points a game for the rest of the season. That just seems very unlikely, right? And I, and he could potentially keep up a hot streak. He could play. He, I mean, if he gets this, if he single-handedly gets this team back to like a top three seed while averaging 35 points per game, that's 35 an, is a lot. He's averaging yeah, yeah. 33 points exactly. Right now. Like so, but but and if you just cut out like if you if it's only the last hand like. If it's only the last like 15 games, or whatever, then he's averaging at least 35, right? So it's like he can, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, obviously it's going to go up. But like even 35 is too much. If he averaged 33.6, that that's enough to like maybe be an MVP season. Like if he single handedly got them back into the top three seed with with like a 33 point per game season, that's yeah, definitely that's it definitely got to be an MVP. Whether he can keep that up, I don't. I'm not entirely sure. It might be like then, the whole media thing that. Yeah. Uh, voter fatigue yeah. that might kind of stop him or the fact that people are just suddenly mad at him because he's drawing a lot of fouls yeah i saw this thing that said i, I, still, I still don't really get that but like yeah i yeah. saw i saw this thing that said harden this season has been averaging more points per game without like if you just take out made free throws mm-hmm. than Allen iverson in his highest scoring season in 2006 he averaged like 31 or something i don't really? know right, so we, are we calling this our instagram post of the day nah nah we got, ha- we got another one ha- coming we have we another one coming yeah and at nba chop shop on instagram he's probably listening right now i told him about it he said subject of correction mvp award and then he goes on to say the mvp award is corrupt the media uses it to sell new narratives, and the voters define the MVP in their own different ways, resulting in ambiguity. Russell Westbrook won in 2017 for averaging a triple-double, then came in fifth the following year when having the same stats. Kobe has one MVP. LeBron could have 10. I think that last statement, Kobe has one MVP, LeBron could have 10, that kind of highlights the amb- ambiguity yeah. behind it and the fact that voter fatigue kind of plays it a role in it and looking at the goat conversation i always think like championships are way overrated we should focus more on like other accolades like mvp yeah but i don't know man like th- this kind of made yeah. me think about it like yeah i don't i don't know the, the shout, MVP, shout I, out to I, nba chop shop yeah i think that the i there's i'm not sure i'm ready to say the nba mvp award is corrupt Corrupt seems a little bit extreme because it's not like they're trying to like plot some kind of you know evil like we're gonna vote for different people every year you know like yeah. I don't know I don't think it's like some kind of see, Russell Westbrook had the same season last year though as yeah, he did before yeah. and he's quietly averaging another triple double so yeah and no one him. cares but but it's not the same it's not the same it's been more inefficient and less points so okay but it's not even that 
Okay, he averaged the same thing last year, but it's yeah. not even okay. One, it was that people cared about triple doubles, and they kind of care a little bit less now. But mm. also, it was well, a narrative we've that gotten used to it now yeah. too. It's like yeah. you just accept it. But the other thing was it was the narrative that KD left, and everyone hated yeah. KD, and everyone loved Russell Westbrook, which I think is the sort of ambiguity mm-hmm. and corruption that goes with the MVP award. I, I think that I think also like part of it is the MVP award is more just like it's almost like story of the year more than anything, right? And that, that, that's like, what this post is trying to say. Yeah, because like Giannis might win it this year because like he's the Greek freak, right? And everybody wa- loves watching this guy who's like a seven foot point guard, like just just be so unstoppable, right? Whereas James Harden winning it two years in a row, well, putting up thirty points again, like isn't quite as interesting as as entertaining as he is to watch the story yeah. isn't quite there i right? agree so, and, and, and derrick rose being the youngest mvp ever right and like that was the that story was of its a own. huge like, narrative bro. every okay. year it's gonna be a story i hate to be that. that guy but derrick rose should not have won mvp <laughs> if you look back at it yeah, yeah. yeah like there there are a few like more than one players like that's another example like lebron could have won it that season lebron you know it's like yeah it's so, exactly so so i think that there's some justification in this that the MVP award is more of a story of the year than than the most valuable player because it, I, I don't know it it just it changes right and it's such like a it's such a hard award to like pin down and define but like because if, if it was taken at face value LeBron would win it almost every year yeah I, I, I but I also almost not every year yeah but, I, agree, I agree shout out Steph Curry <laughs> but I, I also like. <laughs> I think it, I don't think there's really I'm not sure that it's something that like needs to be changed. Like do do I really have a problem with the MVP award? Not really. I, is it I kind of have a little Is bit it of a flawed? Yes. Do I have a problem with the way that it's run? Not really. I just think it do I, I just think it's I a like, toss up every year and exactly. the, honestly the media yes. is having too much of a hand in it. That's yeah. why I agree with NBA Chop Shop saying the media uses it to sell new narratives. Yes. It says sell and that mm-hmm. kind of makes it interesting. That means like the media is kind of deciding who wins the MVP award before the season's over, and they're just using it to like kind of sell either views or just a, a storyline. But yeah. it's interesting that I wanted to do that. Shout out to NBA Chop Shop for our the, Instagram post of the week. Yeah, we're gonna find a cooler name for it. But yeah, yeah Instagram post of the week. Yeah. All right. Do you want to ask? You want to go over quickly? Daryl Morey, GM of the Rockets, told ESPN that. James Harden is one of the purest offensive threats the game has ever known. One of the best pure offensive yeah, threats. Yeah, has like one of it considered could be considered one of the best offensive threats the game has ever known. Someone called him. Agree. I, I don't know. I agree someone with called that. him the best offensive player ever. I don't know. Maybe that was somebody putting words in his mouth. No, yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say best, but I w- I agree with one of Darryl the best Moore. pure offensive threats the game has ever known. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And by the way, that includes free throws. So y'all can stop. With the uh, ooh, James Harden gets all his points at the free throw line. Or, like, who cares? It's still it's still part of his game. It's part of being an offensive threat. Is that he can get to the line? Honestly, a- him and Steph Curry are the two best pull up three point shooters of all time. Hmm. I would say Steph Curry is still number one, but in terms of it, like James Harden can just ISO a dude and then just dribble up, like taking like four or five dribbles, which is the worst part of his game, and then just pulling up 94 percent of james harden's threes this year have been pull-ups shout out to nba chop shop again <laughs> I, I found this out on instagram but I, I i trust this dude so yeah yeah but all right i think and he's just 
making them at a high clip. We talk this, about wait, the does, Warriors. Does pull-ups, does pull-ups count as like, like moving shots, like no, a step it's, back? No, it, it's just one dribble. Like it's a step back up, a yeah, pull-up. Yeah, yeah. I right. think it's just threes off the dribble. Yeah, so so if we're counting like a pull, like a, his step back and his yeah, like any, side step. Any like, three that's not a catch and shoot. Yes, yeah, then, then 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luca quietly playing his playing his way into one of the best pull up three point shooters in the league right now, though. I guess I, I would I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So, but but back to the back to the question. Yes, he's one of the best pure offensive threats the game has ever so. known. Just we agree he, with that. He can. Is s- he the best offensive player ever? No. No. Okay, we would have to dive more into that. Yeah. But I my gut says no. <laughs> Quick answer: No. <laughs> thunder at the. Let's talk about the Thunder being at the top of the West still ish, number two seed right now. Um, they look good, man. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about winning with Westbrook, right? Because that's something that I think that we've talked about at least once or twice. Um, he was thirty. He was three for twenty on field goals the other night in a game. But well, he still a triple had a, double. Yeah, he still had a triple a game double. They still won. I think that can prove. Okay, there there are two approaches to this. I also saw this on Instagram. I spend mm. way too much time on Instagram. <laughs> like one approach is, oh yeah, he's inefficient blah 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 the other one is he can have a bad shooting night and still impacts the game for his team yeah. to win then that, i think this is kind of more true than the other one yeah no uh, what's what's incredible about having paul george and the kind of season that he's putting together is that no longer does it does it matter that like if russell westbrook has an off night where he shoots three for 20 he still impacts the game in enough ways and paul george still scores enough that like they can still win. They can still put together I think a good night. Paul George is Russell Westbrook's parachute. Well, that's all, a good. Way, that's an interesting way to put it. But I, I, I kind of get what you mean. Like, while well, also safety take, net, like yeah. safety net. Yeah, but he's also become their like go-to score. He's the their time. first option. Paul George has become their first option. I yeah. This season, he's their first option. I, I would say um, so. I don't know if like everyone's gassing up to be. For him to be like top three in MVP, no, I don't know if I'm there yet. Top five, not top three. E- even top five, I, I, th- I, top, think he, I think he's like bordering on five. Yeah, he's like yeah, like ma- I, like I five think, or six. Yeah, yeah. I just think like I don't know if he's like taking over games the way that other dudes are. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. I think he's had some games that he's done that because Russell Westbrook's been in and out with injury. And someone has to be doing it for them to be the second best seed. So I think it's got to well, be him. It's but, also just the fact that they like the best defense in the league. Yeah, without but Andre Roberson. But that's got to go. Insane. That's got to go. A lot of credit to Paul George. But yeah, he's playing. A lot, he's playing like a lot a to Stephen Adams as well. He's a lot also to playing. Adams he's well. also playing like a yeah. defensive player of the year. But but Paul George. Paul George is quietly putting together a defensive player of the year type season, while also averaging like twenty six. Eight and four, I think it is, or something like that. Yeah, he, like twenty-seven a, or something. That's a very impressive season. A, it is. Well, while his team's the second seed, sounds like his last year, second to last year in Indiana, maybe mm-hmm. better. Who yeah. knows? Um, really quick, Billy Donovan got his contract extended. I think. Um, yeah, he did. And is think that like, a good decision? Yeah, I would I say no. <laughs> I still, I don't know if I'm really convinced that Billy Donovan's a great coach. I still don't think he's a good coach. Yeah, I mean, I just think he has a bunch of good defenders on his team, and he has two dudes who are just making a lot of shots. Whatever he's doing, though, if you're the Thunder, like I kind of get it though, because whatever is going on right now is working, and so if the players like him, if they're playing well, if the team's winning games, then maybe extend it. How long did they extend it for? I think two years. Two years past this year. Yeah, I think maybe maybe one, but. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
I don't know if Billy Donovan, if other teams are going to be chasing after him, right? So I don't know if you really need to commit to that, <laughs> That's right? Nice. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't love it. Don't necessarily hate it. Though. I kind of, I, I kind of dislike it. All right. Um. Oh, want to talk about the Raptors Spurs? Yeah. Okay. Kawhi's return. Kawhi's return. And, and DeRozan's return. DeRozan's revenge, not his return, because it was yeah, played yeah, in yeah, San yeah. Antonio. The Spurs fans booed Kawhi Leonard. First reaction, go. I I understand where they're coming from, but also be sympathetic. Like I also think they should have been more sympathetic. Like this is a guy who is a former Finals MVP for them, who slowed down LeBron. Um, he didn't lock up LeBron. No one can do that. He slowed down LeBron in the Finals, <laughs> which is something that very few other players ever could have done. And like. He put together a solid seven seasons while growing up in this organization, developing the player that he is in this organization. But at the same time, that sort of adds to the heartbreak that it, the Spurs fans felt when he left. So I kind of get it. I, I kind of got mad, bro. You kind of got mad they booed him. Yeah, it, I don't. It's know. like it's, it's like it's you, like why are you it's salty like, a little it's bit, like right? You, it's like you idiots. Like be grateful. Exactly. Maybe I'm just yeah. like a Knicks fan and I never win championships. Like, <laughs> like be grateful. This, this man, man was your Finals MVP. This man brought you a ring. This, like this, okay, when, I, don't, when, I don't know if the word brought. Yeah. Like, well, well, he was what, he was a large contributor. I don't think as I don't as think Tony he was Parker, the best Manu, and and Tim Duncan were sort of on their yeah. way out. He sort of. Was the was the one factor that he's, kept he, them that kept them like over the hump? Yeah, but he wasn't the best player on their team. Yeah, he he not. performed the best in the finals, but he mm-hmm. wasn't the best player on their yeah. team. But yeah, this man was your finals MVP. Yeah. That's insane. I he, I would yeah. never boo if you if he left you in free agency. I wouldn't boo him. Yeah, this, but like, yeah. there has to be very drastic situations for you to boo your best player but was this not a very drastic situation in a way though okay yeah it, it, it kind of was like, okay but i so so in that in that sense i get it and that's the way that he left them was very disrespectful but still man but still like, have some respect for your finals mvp i think we can yeah. agree on that but also what maybe what's worse is that not only did they boo Kawhi, but they went like over the top in you know, cheering for Danny Green. Yeah, that like, that's true. That's like that, a little bit of an extra. That so like, stings a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> that just stings Honestly, a little. Danny bit. Green's yeah. the man, though. He did. He was a part of those finals teams too. Yeah, but yeah, man. I think it, it just it felt a little bit wrong to me. And Greg Popovich mm. said that I wish they didn't do that, and I, I believe him. I don't think he's just saying that. No. And Kawhi was like, "Yeah, that kind of sucked." And I think maybe if you're a player across the league. Now you don't want to play for San Antonio? I don't know. That could be a part of it. What? You doubt I that? I say die. Because they're still one of the best organizations ever. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, it just seemed like, come on, Spurs fans. I thought you were better than that. I, a just, little bit. A little okay. bit. Yeah. Um, shout out to Mario Rosen. His first career triple-double. I was so happy his, for him, In his man. revenge game. That's, oh, that's a big deal. Last thing, I wanted to say, did you see that him and Kyle Lowry were talking, and then Kawhi Leonard just walks into their conversation. I didn't see that. Okay. He, he didn't walk through them, but like after like a timeout or something, or maybe right after the game. No, no, no. The, the game was still going on, and DeRozan went over to the Raptors bench and was talking with Lowry, and they were just like laughing. And then all of a sudden, Kawhi Leonard just walks up to Lowry. And I was like, bro, that's that's so awkward. All right, let's 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 wrap it up talking about the Matador slash El Matador nickname that Luka Doncic was given by... Uh, the Mavericks trademarked it, right? They did. They trademarked it because one of their trainers, I guess, came up with it for Luka. And 
in case you didn't you don't really get it it's i think it's a reference to him playing in spain because like bullfighting is a, that's a yeah. spanish kind of thing i guess and I, I think also sort of his like craftiness and like dodging defenders is yeah. like is another Toys i think it's like that. yeah um so so what do you think like first impressions like what do you think of the nickname is it better than wonder boy which is his other yeah. nickname? i i don't i think i like wonder boy I, 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 I think i like wonder boy better too because like I don't know, Matador is just a little bit weird. Because, like, when I think of Luka Doncic, I don't think of Spain. No. I think, I think of Slovenia. Yeah, I, I, th- I just don't think of either. I just think of, like... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I think of where he's from, not where he played. Yeah. Also, just... Yeah. Like, I mean, it's fine. Good good for you. Good for the Mavericks for making more money off of this. <laughs> also, I'm kind of Luka Doncic's number one fan now because my friend showed me a picture of Luka Doncic when he was 15. And like Look I kind of like yeah, yeah. yeah you it's saw kinda, you, it's a, it. There's definitely a resemblance. Okay, yeah. Follow our Twitter. I'll post it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Follow Twitter. <laughs> give it, give it a like. Yeah, and we'll end on Go that check note. It out. We'll yeah. end on that note. All right. All right. Thanks for listening to, the, to this episode of Space the Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on Apple, uh, Apple Podcast, leave a review. And thanks for listening. If you're watching on YouTube. Leave a like and subscribe. That'd be greatly appreciated. Follow, follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And Happy New Year's. Happy 2019, man. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's gonna be a good year. It's gonna it's be, gonna good, be year. a good year. I, I'm, I'm kind of hype. I'm kind of like better things to come, bro. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just gonna grow this, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. Hi. My name is Connor Geelan. and I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace.